Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. Welcome on to this edition of the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown, and we chat to Rob Hill on this edition of the Kona Edge, a fascinating chat uh, from Melbourne in Australia. And uh, we'll be delving a little bit deeper into racing and training low carb. Uh, and speaking of which, this episode of uh, the Cone Edge is brought to you by S Fuels. Every now and again, a truly unique product comes along. For far too long, triathlon nutrition has been pretty much more of the same. You know what exactly what I'm talking about, right? Sugar-laden bars and drinks, uh, a little bit of salt thrown in and some caffeine. If that all sounds familiar, I've got some good news for you. For the last three years, a new company called Spike Free have been developing and testing several endurance sport fuel products. They're designed to train your body to use fat for fuel, which enables you as a triathlete to go longer and avoid the dreaded spike or bonk. They contain no sugar. There's no honey, syrups, sugar alcohols, wheat, oats, and cheap protein which also helps you avoid gut and GI distress, which is very common in endurance sport. The product is called S-Fuels, and for and more and more triathletes are starting to use them. And the good news is, so can you. S-Fuels was recently launched in the ultra-running space, and the response has been phenomenal. If you're in the United States, okay, and you'd like to try S-Fuels out, all you need to do is click on the link in the podcast player or in the show notes below this episode of the Cone Edge, and they'll send you a free box. They'll even throw in the shipping. It's as simple as that. Alternatively, what you can do is text the word S-Fuels, that's S-F-U-E-L-S, to 44222, and I'll text you the details right back. I'll send you the coupon code and the link where you can check out to get uh, that free box sent to you. That's S-Fuels to 44222. Today's Coach's Corner is brought to you by Coach Parry Triathlon Coaching. With a passion for high-performance sport, Lindsay Parry is one of South Africa's most widely recognized and respected coaches. Having led a team to the London and Rio Olympic Games, Lindsay has coached both triathletes and runners onto podiums of some of the world's most illustrious races. Lindsay has the unique ability to understand what it takes to succeed at any level and thrives on coaching, motivating and inspiring others to do the same. To find out more about working with Coach Perry, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, if you're a coach or if you have a coaching business and you'd like to get a plug on the podcast, head over to theconaedge.com forward slash coaching. Well, let's chat some nutrition now. We touch base once again with Rob Hill, who's uh, out in Melbourne in Australia. Rob, welcome back on to the Cone Edge. It's good to have you have you with us. Yeah, thank you, Brad. It's great to be back again. Rob, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, where would you rate nutrition in the, the sort of greater scheme of triathlon things? <laughs> I'd rate it probably um, fairly low for sprint triathlon, right up to, you know, nine out of 10 to 10 out of 10 for Ironman triathlon. Yeah, it really depends on the distance that you're competing in. But uh, yeah, I mean, day to day sort of nutrition is critical for all triathlon, but yeah, come race day, then Ironman it's, yeah, it's been called the, the fourth uh, discipline and um, yeah, very, very important. 
Yeah, I mean, the shorter ones, you can uh, you can wing it and, and mess things up. But the longer you go, the, the more sort of precise you have to be. Let's talk day-to-day, though, and uh, sort of laying that uh, correct nutrition foundation. What is what is your approach to things? Look, my, my approach has changed a lot over the years. And um, I remember, it must be probably 12 years ago, I went to a... Uh, a registered sports nutritionist, um, my coach had recommended, and uh, and I sort of wrote down like food diary of what I was eating and how much training I was doing, and and she said, look, you're having nowhere near enough carbohydrates. You know, to fuel that level of training on a daily basis, you have to have way more carbohydrates. So, and like I was having huge bowls of pasta back then, and and then she got me to add some slices of white bread and. Yeah, it was like I was just having carbohydrate, you know, overload. And uh, and then, um, yeah, my partner, Nikki, she said to me probably three years ago, I'd really like you to try a, a low-carbohydrate approach to your Ironman training and racing. And, um, and she'd experimented with a, a ketogenic diet, which is where you cut your carbohydrate down so low that your body – um, then turns to burning its own fat for fuel um, and in the form of ketones in the blood. And uh, so this is like three months out from uh, Hawaii Ironman and she's suggesting that I try this. I said, there's no way known I'm going to try something that sounded so freaky a few months out from Hawaii. But uh, I keep it into her that I'd, I'd uh, look into it and give it a go after Hawaii. And, um, and yeah, I... Uh, I experimented and uh, went into ketosis and, uh, and yeah, it, it, it's absolute eye-opener. But, uh, I mean, prior to that, though, I'd, I'd found that doing some fasted training on, on longer bike rides, you know, not the longest bike rides I do, but anything up to maybe four hours just on water um, was really seemed to be paying off for me that my Ironman performances were improving a lot. And the only thing I could put it down to after so many years in the sport was that my body was getting better at burning fat during the race and not being quite as carbohydrate dependent. You talk, I mean, you mentioned the word freaky, and that does. I mean, I I followed the the LCHF sort of, the way that wave is growing because it is i mean there's uh, there's a lot more athletes doing it now than there were maybe maybe 10 years ago but you you yeah. it's a very different way of of thinking and 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 approaching things would you say you're racing yeah. better now than than you ever have following that sort of approach no i wouldn't um i i'm racing more comfortably brad which is interesting it's uh yeah so I, I think, you know, as far as time-wise, my best performance in an Ironman was uh, Melbourne 2014. And uh, and that was before I'd tried the very low-carbohydrate uh, diet approach. But it was after I'd, I'd been a number of years of doing the, the fasted training sessions. So I, I'm sure that having an enhanced fat-burning ability did help me to that best-ever Ironman result in Melbourne. Um but since then, I, I then raced Melbourne in 2015, the year after, having uh, gone onto a ketogenic diet for a while and then uh, not quite ketogenic, but a, certainly a very low-carb uh, diet in the remaining months up till Melbourne in 2015. And I, it was a fascinating experiment because I found at Melbourne, I, I didn't feel like I quite had the same top end, but I felt 
just super comfortable all day, like super stable with my blood sugar levels and my energy levels. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an almost enjoyable day out that Ironman. And, um, and yeah, look, I, both years I won my age group and the second year was tougher conditions. I went a bit slower. Um, I think they're probably comparable, maybe slightly, you know, worse overall placing the second year. But, yeah, there's not much in it. So I think if people are looking for a way to get faster at Ironman, I don't necessarily think, unless they've got, you know, major problems with their nutrition up till now, I don't think that the the low-carbohydrate uh, approach is, is necessarily going to help them if they're looking for that performance improvement. Um, but as far as health-wise and, you know, because I was having some issues with uh, with my health and and every couple of years I was getting my blood uh, glucose levels tested and it was just slowly going up year after year. Um, and, yeah, like that's just completely stopped now with uh, changing my diet where it's uh, – and I've never felt better and I've never felt more comfortable when I do an Ironman race or a half Ironman race. So it's really – you know, it, it's shown me enough to think that there's no performance disadvantage and that it's, in my mind, it's a healthier way to live uh, and, and to eat on a day-to-day basis. Mm. As far as race day itself goes, uh, are, are, you ta- are you one of those guys that sort of trains low-carb races, high-carb, or, or, or is it across the yeah. board pretty much the same? Yeah, no, I definitely find that, uh, yeah, when I started with the uh, – with a low carb diet, I'm thinking this could be fantastic. I can go and do an Ironman with a couple of gels on the bike and maybe half a gel during the run. And, and I, yeah, I won't have to worry about, you know, getting that intake correct and stomach issues and all the rest. And yeah, I quickly found that, well, no, it doesn't work that way. It's like for me at least, and, and a few other people I've spoken to, we just got to cram as much or if not more carbohydrate in on race day. Um, to fuel the the pace, the intensity that we want to race at. Um, but it's almost like you've got this background of fuel being burned at the same time, I assume, through the fat, where it, it sort of it feels like it's just taking the criticality out of the timing of, of the carbohydrate you're taking in on race day. So you still need a lot, but it's not like if I don't quite hit that gel at that right moment – that I'm, my pace is going to drop off and my heart rate and I'm just going to start to fall apart a bit. It's almost like it gives you that backup. It's quite interesting. Biggest nutrition mistake you've ever made in, in an Ironman? Tell us about that. <laughs> Look, I've got a cast iron gut, Brad, so you're asking <laughs> the wrong guy. I really can't think of any nutrition mistake I've made other than, uh, yeah, yeah, I sort of... Um, <clears throat> What I do is uh, I'll, I'll put, you know, 15 plus gels into a, a drink bottle on my bike and add a bit of water and some salt capsules to that. And, and that's my nutrition for the, for the bike ride. Um, probably the biggest nutrition mistake I've made, and it's happened at Ironman New Zealand this year and it, it happened uh, at Kona, I think, last year, where I've, I've sort of gone through more than half that bottle well before halfway of the bike ride and, and you start to freak out thinking, hang on, I'm going to run out of my calories um, way before I get to the end of the bike. And then you're suddenly grabbing 
half bananas and and bars and gels and everything you can get hands on at every aid station from then on. But uh, yeah, that's um, it, it, it. It's not a disaster. There's uh, you know, it's great having aid stations with uh, the the backup uh, uh, energy that you need. But uh, other than that, yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever vomited in a race. I yeah, I've really had very few issues uh, nutrition wise, which is. Uh, yeah, touch wood. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the minority. I'm sure amongst Ironman triathletes. Yeah, too true. Well, Rob, as always, it's been great catching up. Thanks for your time on the Cone Edge. Much appreciated. Uh, best of luck, and uh, we look forward to following your progress in in the sort of years to come. Thanks a lot, Brad. It's been great to talk to you and your listeners. As I mentioned at the top of this episode of The Cone Edge, it's brought to you by S Fuels. And uh, over the last two weeks, we've spoken a little bit about uh, triathlon and the low-carb, high-fat diet. And uh, a great pleasure to welcome back onto the podcast today, uh, all the way from New Zealand, uh, Daniel Plews, Dr. Daniel Plews. Dan, welcome back onto The Cone Edge. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Good to be back. Dan, let's talk. Uh, last time we, we spoke a little bit about going long on the LCHF diet, and uh, I, I mentioned that a lot of people, when they first get introduced to this, the, the mindset is, well, "What do I what do I fuel on during training?" Because people are so used to the the high carbohydrate gels and bars, but uh, it's it's very very different when you are training and racing LCHF from a, a fueling perspective. When it comes to training, let let's talk a little bit about your approach and and how you suggest people train on the LCHF sort of uh, lifestyle. Yeah, well, I guess um, when people first take the you know the, take the big dive into the LCHF approach, I think they have to accept that the first three to four weeks are generally pretty hard, and you you actually almost have to force yourself not to not to eat to really try and push that adaptation, and you actually make that transition to having a higher level of fat oxidation. But even during that time, you can still fuel with, you know, you can still fuel during your sessions. But I think what what you what you have to take is you have to to make sure that you're still really maximizing the adaptation. Then you're helping with that transfer from a carbohydrate dependent state into more of a fat oxidation, the ability to oxidize fat at a high level. You really want to keep insulin as low as possible all the time so that's before training after training and even during and during training which means that you want to have bars or or food that is more natural and less and low in refined sugar with sugars then you, you you mentioned in our last chat the the analogy of the the sort of uh, petrol tanker and and having that big tank of fuel on the back and and just taking a, a pipe and and plugging that into your engine as you would a human and you you said now that it it takes a bit of time to 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 get that fat adaptation right and and that also I think throws a lot of people because they they almost think that they should be feeling better straight up but it does take a little bit of time and uh, it, it's patience that's required when when making the switch. Yeah, for sure, and, and like not only is it. Um, you have that immediate three to four weeks, um, but also it, it, you, the longer you go, the better and easier it becomes. Like some of the recent study, there was a faster study by Volek um, and his and his colleagues, and they looked at um, um, kind of more chronically adapted 
um, OSPHF athletes. For, so the, most of them were for more than six months. And some of, the, there were some of the findings from that study were actually remarkable because your body is actually is quite miraculous at finding sources of carbohydrates from something called gluconeogenesis. So that can be finding carbohydrate from protein. So it's not like your body is without carbs ever. It has very smart ways of of finding carbs that it will use to actually aid with the oxidation of fat along the way. So, and those those real adaptations take quite some time. So, but you know, I think people have to have to stick at it for at least four weeks and really to get the real big big benefits when you really start to be able to find the ability to even do high intensity at quite a reasonable rate. It's, you're talking like more than six months. Dan, as far as actual fueling while training, you. you can you give us some ideas and, and examples of what, what you use and what you suggest people use? Obviously, the S-Fuels bars are, are great, but uh, for, for you, what do you, what do you currently use while, while training? Yeah, well, well, to be honest with you, I actually, uh, I'm so far down the line, I'll often not eat very much at all. I can, I can go, you know, a good four hours without eating anything, but obviously, I use S-Fuel bars as my, always my go-to because they're just super easy and they, they get the super easy to digest and they get the required result. In the passive, I'm going really long. Sometimes I'll take like little sachets of cream cheese. Um, they're quite good. Almonds as well, and some some and some nuts. Um, but yeah, so but generally I'll really try and, and hold back a lot of the time. And and people also go, well, what do you put in your bottles? Surely you've got stuff in your bottles. What do you what do you drink on the long ones? Water. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as boring as it sounds, yeah. I'm just um, I'm really I'm a water guy, and even. Um, and like, yeah, well, we can talk about racing, but I'd never have any trouble with my gut when it comes to racing, and we'll talk about that in, in a bit, I guess. But um, I, I do have more carbohydrate when I'm racing, but I think people have to realize that LCHF is a real training tool. So the more you can really restrict and push that fat, fat adaptation along the way, you're actually getting more bang for your book with every minute, every step, every hour of training that you're doing. That's fantastic. Yeah, Dan, you, you mentioned racing, and uh, people might be listening to this going, but that's crazy. This, this might not be for You're a pretty decent athlete. You've raced on the big island. I mean, let, let's talk some of your performances, just, just to put this in perspective. Uh, Ironman PB, half Ironman PB? Um, half Ironman PB is a 3.55, and my um, full Ironman, which was New Zealand last year, which was actually very windy and hard day, was 8.54. There you go. Well, Dan, I look forward to catching up next time where we talk about uh, your LCHF racing strategy and uh, how, how you approach things from a nutrition uh, perspective on race day. Don't forget, if you'd like to get yourself a box of S-Fuels bars, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is head over to the KonaEdge.com forward slash S-Fuels. Uh, you can get your free box there right now. They'll even cover the shipping if you're in the U.S., so go check it out or simply text the word S-Fuels. That's S-F-U-E-L-S to 44222 and I'll send you that coupon uh, and you can get your box sent directly to you. Dan, as always, great to catch up. I look forward to catching up next week. Thanks for your time today, mate. Thanks, Brad. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge.